0: We're all very familiar with the Christmas story, that, that story that we hear every year from, from Luke and Matthew's account, and it's wonderful, but it comes with a danger, and that danger is overfamiliarity, that we lose sight of the profound mystery of what was taking place, the mystery that broke into all creation and changed everything forever. One of the early church fathers, St. Gregory of Nyssa, wrote long ago, God's name is not known, it is wondered at. This hauntingly beautiful melody, the lyrics capture a, a universal longing. Deep down, we know that life is meant to be more, that that something is just not right, that somehow it's broken. The Old Testament is filled with this longing for God to break in and make things right, to come, O oh come, Emmanuel. Psalm forty-two: I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? One of my favorite Psalms, 63. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. And in the New Testament, Paul captured this same longing. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Why is this? I believe it's because we live between the times. Jesus brought the kingdom. It has come, but it has not fully come. The darkness is in retreat, but it is not yet fully vanquished. And we live in that in-between time. One day it will happen when Christ comes again. What Paul calls the summing up of all things. But now we live with the tension of between the times. And so we rejoice because Christ has come to rescue and renew us, but we know, if we're honest, that his work in this world is still in process. When the awareness of this existential longing rises up in me, I've learned not to either fixate on it, which isn't helpful, and I Neither do I ignore it and push it down. Rather, I embrace the longing and I let it carry me closer to Christ right in the moment. And what rises up in me, like in this carol, rejoice, rejoice. Why is this? It's because, in terms of ultimate reality that touches the destiny, not only of me, but the entire cosmos, when Jesus was born, Or perhaps better for me to say, when the eternal Son of God entered the world, everything changed. Beyond the beauty and the wonder of what happened in Bethlehem, something that has been celebrated by the church for 2,000 years, let's consider for a few moments exactly what happened in that stable where heaven and earth kissed. At the center of the nativity lies the mystery of the incarnation. The incarnation is something that we can, can never spend too much or even enough time contemplating. For when Christ was born, God broke into history as a human without in any way losing his godness. As the apostle John said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God took on humanity In all its weakness, is there there anything as weak as a newborn baby? In Bethlehem, at a specific place, at a specific time, the Creator became part of His creation. And at that moment, the cosmos changed forever. From the first moment of His life, Jesus Christ is fully God and is fully man. Consider this, the the beginning and the end, the creator of all things, the one who holds the entire universe together, came to reveal the true nature of the triune God in the utter frailty and smallness of an infant. Because of the nativity, for all eternity, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity is one of us. And so, in a hidden cave, in a small town of less than 600 people, the Creator became the created. He opened the way for our union with God. The significance, the the ultimate importance of what took place can never be overstated or even fully understood. No wonder St. Isaac wrote, the incarnation is the most blessed and joyful thing that could ever happen to the human race. This week, I was reading a wonderful quote from St. Ambrose, one of the church fathers. I believe it's really profound. He was a baby and a child so that you may be a perfect human. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes so that you may be freed from the snares of death. He was in a manger so that you may be in the altar— He was on earth that you may be in the stars. He had no other place in the inn so that you may have many mansions in the heavens. So the triune God has heard and continues to hear our deepest groans as we come in touch with our greatest longing. He did not distance himself. But he came and became one of us in order to free us, to to set us toward our ultimate destiny, the restoration of all things. 3,000 years ago, the psalmist looked ahead to that cave in Bethlehem and wrote this. He looked down from his holy height. From heaven, the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die.